Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of SIDCast. I'm your host David Gibson. July 1st marked the start of a new college athletic year, so so welcome to the uh, 2017-2018 academic school year, I guess I could say. Uh, with that, a lot of conference members changed hands over that time. Uh, Wichita State has departed the Missouri Valley uh, as the big highlight. I know there was a couple other D2 things that went on in like the GSC and the GLIAC. But um, Valparaiso went to take Wichita's place in the Missouri Valley. And then IUPUI departed uh, the Summit League to become the Horizon League member. So what does that mean for an athletic communications office? Well, I guess today we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, I want to address a user-submitted question that was sent to me. Um, What happened to SoundCloud? Well, why am I not linking, you know, our shows to SoundCloud anymore? Well, that's because a website is live for SIDcast. It is sidcast.fireside.fm, and I'll repeat that here in a little bit. But here in a couple of days, the files on SoundCloud will no longer you know, become available. Older episodes won't, but we'll still have a free version of it where latest episodes can get there. But... As of, I believe it'll be Tuesday or Wednesday, you will no longer be allowed or be able to uh, get old SIDcast files on SoundCloud. You will have to transition over to our new website, which is SIDcast.fireside.fm. Yeah, FM as in the radio uh, thingy. So, Ryan Davis is our guest today. He's a Missouri Valley Conference athletic communications guy. Uh, he will talk a little bit about Wichita State departing and then the search process that it took to get Valparaiso. And he mentioned a little bit off air that the MVC administration presidents and everything, they went uh, on a tour of four campuses in four days before finally coming to agreement with Valparaiso. But he will also talk about his background. He spent more than a decade at Division Three. Uh, HCAC here in Indiana. He's actually an Indiana guy. I swear I didn't mean to do that on purpose. But um, Ryan is from the Hoosier State, and he did spend a lot of time uh, with an ESPN affiliate radio station a little bit north of Indianapolis before transitioning to Greenwood, which I highly recommend going to. But um, as of right now, guys, we are still on our summer campaign to 500 likes and follows on both Twitter and Facebook. You can follow those at SportsInfoCast. On both of them. Um, if you can go ahead and share any of these episodes, that would be fantastic. If you think that somebody, another coworker, or maybe a colleague or a friend, you know, gets something out of these, then then by all means, go ahead and you know, give us a shout out and maybe make a recommendation there. But um, you can always email us too if they have any questions. It'd be sportsinfocast at gmail.com. And as I mentioned earlier, we do have our new website, sidcast. Dot fireside, F-I-R-E-S-I-D-E dot F-M, M as in moose, or manly, or manly moose, whatever whatever you want to. So uh, we'll start off today with Ryan Davis's backstory, starting with IU here on SIDcast. Well, it's kind of an interesting story. I mean, going into college at IU, um, I wanted to work in television, uh, so I was a sports communications major and took a lot of TV classes, a lot of on-air stuff, um, camera work, just pretty much everything involved with television production. Um, got involved with the student radio station 
at IU, WIUS, did a lot of play-by-play and color commentary for IU basketball and baseball. Um, so while I was in school, that was the direction I was going. I was actually wanting to uh, work in media, which is kind of interesting. I took a class, I believe it was my senior year. It was a media relations class that I needed to take um, as part of my curriculum and uh, got to take a class under uh, Kit Klingelhofer at Indiana University and uh, just kind of became a little bit interested in it. Uh, did an internship uh, that following summer with the Heartland Collegiate Athletic Conference uh, located just south of Indianapolis. Um, so that was kind of my first taste of the of the business. Uh, so I did that for a summer, worked under Tom Dager, uh, who's now the commissioner at the Great Midwest Conference, which is Division Two. So he was just a great uh, SID to learn under, uh, really kind of taught me a lot in those three months that I was with the Heartland uh, in that summer of 2003, I believe. Um, and then coming out of school, I got my first job working um, an hourly employee at WXLW ESPN 950 in Indianapolis. So I worked in radio for about two years out of school, did a lot of uh, Sports Center updates every 20 minutes on air. Uh, produced uh, some of our various shows, our high school shows in the evenings, um, and then sometimes the afternoon drive with Greg Rakestraw there in Indianapolis. Uh, so that that was kind of fun doing that. But as you know, working in, in radio at that time, I mean, it was the pay was not much at all. I think it was $7 an hour was what I was making so <laughs> to serve tables on the side. <laughs> so, uh, so I was just kind of, kind of thinking, like, well, is this something I really want to do? Do I really want to stick with this? Um, and then I go on vacation. This is probably the summer of 2006. Get a call back when I arrive um, on my landline answering machine. As funny as that sounds, uh, yep. kind of dating myself a bit. <laughs> but it was from the commissioner of the Heartland Collegiate Athletic Conference at the time, Tom Bolson, uh, saying that Tom Dager took the um, SID job with the GLVC. This is when he made the move to go to Division Two as a conference SID and uh, wanted to know if I would like the job. I didn't have to interview or anything. He's like, the job's yours if you want it. So I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> so I kind of jumped in uh, with just that three months of intern experience and placed a lot of calls uh, to Tom Dager uh, with various questions. Uh, Kevin Lanky at Rose Holman uh, became a heavy influence on me. I've learned a lot from him. Um, still do, still talk to him a ton. Uh, but that's kind of how it all began. And then I uh, was with the Heartland Collegiate Athletic Conference for 10 years and took the job. Uh, here's the Assistant Commissioner for Communications with the Missouri Valley Conference, uh, August 1st of last year. So I'm completing my first year here at the Division One level. So I just want to, before we get into kind of how um, the job process went for you in, in getting the Missouri Valley job, what were the key differences between D3 and D1? If uh, if there wasn't already kind of a hint of that. Yeah. At the division three level, um, being in a two person office, essentially it was myself and the commissioner. So, um, anyone that's worked at the division three level understands it's just, you are essentially, you have your hands in everything. So, I mean, I did a lot of, uh, administrative work alongside the commissioner. I did a little bit of scheduling. I did a little bit, um, a lot of uh, meeting planning, meeting minutes, um, such with our coaches groups, conference calls, in-person meeting. Um, 
and then handled all of our social media, all of our graphic content, um, all of our website stuff, um, weekly notebooks for all 18 sports at the Heartland. Um, and then when you come to the division one level, it's a little bit different because it's, it's very narrow in your focus and everything's a little bit more detailed and, uh, in what you do. So, uh, here at the Missouri Valley, I'm our contact for women's basketball, which takes a lot of my time. Um, and then in the fall I have men's soccer, women's volleyball, uh, which are both pretty marquee sports here in the Valley. And then in the spring I have baseball. Uh, so all four of those sports keep me busy. There's something that I'm working on year round. The media guide's much more in depth, especially for, <laughs> for women's basketball. It's about 190 pages. So I've already been working on that here to, to get that ready for the 2017-18 season. Uh, so it's, it's a different life. Um, our conference office here at the Valley, I believe we now have 14 or 15 full-time um, employees which is much different than the two that we had at the Heartland. <laughs> Just to give you an idea. So everybody has their own role and uh, everybody works well together. And that's kind of what, what makes this staff great here at the Valley, I think. So you worked for the HCAC during the summer, correct? Yeah, my first, uh, my internship was for a summer, yes. Okay, so when you went from uh, you know, WXLW, up in Indianapolis, he moved just south. Greenwood, beautiful area, by the way. Was it any different than your internship? I know it was during the summer. I mean, was the summer a little quiet? And then once once you hit the ground running with you know the full time job, was it completely different, or was it just about the same? It was. I mean, it was different. Um, when I was the, when I was interning there, it was kind of just the the grunt work that that the commissioner and uh, at the time the SID didn't really want to do. So I was doing just a lot of. Um, updating of the directory and and calendar and stuff like that um that was also before we had stat crew for soccer so i remember going through and we had these different team sheets that i'd put together that we would have for this that we i guess they would send out during that season and they would fill out the stats for the game and file it into the conference office <laughs> so it's mainly just your goals your assists and price saves and whatnot uh it's just basic stuff that you would keep and then you'd file those on to the ncaa i mean the, just the fields changed a bunch um from when i started uh starting off as a full-time employee there at the heartland i mean that was still when our website was on dreamweaver and hosted by our IT people. So, I mean, it was a lot of time consuming stuff there, just manually updating and typing standings and schedules and every little thing you did, you had to physically do. It's not using Sidearm or Presto or any of those nice uh, websites we have now that make our lives so much easier and allow us to do so many things. Because when I started, we didn't have social media. So <laughs> it was a totally different life then. So what was the conversation like getting social media started with the Heartland? Well, it was one of those things. I remember going down, I can't remember which coast side it was, but it was when Twitter was kind of just starting. And at the time, the NCAA had legislation in place that it was essentially illegal for an institution or for a conference. Uh, I know at the Division Three level it was, and it may have been all the way up uh, to Division One that you – technically couldn't send tweets because prospective student athletes could see that and therefore you're reaching out for them or reaching out to try to influence them and such. And then they put an amendment in or whatever, and then mm -hmm. allowed people to, to tweet and 
post stuff on Facebook. Uh, so once that happened, um, I mean, I was kind of, I feel like I was one of the first to really get behind it, um, at the division three level. I know our conference was one of the, uh, first conferences to have a Twitter and a, a Facebook page. So, I mean, it was just one of those things to, the commissioner, he was, he was pretty open at the time. That was Chris Ragsdale, who's currently the, the commissioner there that now, uh, he was very good and just allowing me to, to do those things on my own. Um, he wasn't very tech savvy and he would just kind of trust me and, uh-huh. um, and, and run it myself, which was always kind of nice. And then, each summer we'd have our SID meetings and I'd keep preaching and telling the importance of social media. And especially at that level, how media coverage is so hard to come by. It's just like, this is your opportunity to, to really reach people and to reach your fan base in a direct way, rather than having to rely on the newspaper to pick up something and, and put it in their hands. So it's just, it's come a long way. And ironically now I don't have to do any social media because we have somebody here at the Valley that handles all that, Derek Dockett, who's fantastic. So <laughs> another one of the differences, but yeah, it was, it was always kind of nice to see that grow. Were there some uh, SIDs in the Heartland that were kind of reluctant to start doing that? There were. Um, and then they eventually they would, Every year, there'd be more and more that would kind of jump on board. I think they'd kind of start seeing the value of it. And I know Kevin Lanky, he's one of the best. Uh, I don't know if you know Kevin or not. Many people do. He's one of the best SIDs in the business at any at any level. Uh, and I remember his reluctance. He's like, I just don't know about this. You know, I just don't know. It's, just, it's not really like, how do you know if anything's like true? And <laughs> But eventually, he's like, you know what? This is fantastic. It's a great way to to get our message out and uh, to help our brand. And uh, he's one of the best at it now. So uh, they, they, this was years ago too. So it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it is interesting just to see how, how some people are reluctant. And then uh, once you, once you get on board with it, it's, it's all good. So transitioning to your role, the Missouri Valley, uh, just explain the job process that it was like, you know, um, moving from Indiana to Missouri and things like that. Spare no detail. I moved to St. Louis eight years ago. My wife's from here. Um, so I was working remotely with the Heartland for probably a good seven years. Um, so I'd be traveling back to India a lot for our championship events and other, all of our campuses, wherever they may have, where they would have needed me. So I did a lot of traveling to our, to our campuses for championships, to Indy for meetings, um, and so forth. So I, I'd been located here in St. Louis. Um, and then when the job opened with the Valley, uh, I ran with it. Uh, one of the things that I did to try to, to set up myself, uh, was with networking was getting to know Mike Kern, who's our director of media relations, our associate commissioner of media relations here at the Valley. He's been here 25 years and one of the best conference PR professionals there is. Um, so getting to know him, getting to uh, volunteer whenever the Valley's hosted uh, an NCAA event here in, in, in St. Louis, Arch Madness, I'd volunteer and, and work in the uh, media relations area there and help out. So it kind of got my foot in the door there, kind of got to know him a little bit, kind of got to know what it's like to to run a division one event uh which was extremely valuable uh so then going into this year uh with arch madness and with our women's tournament hoops in the heartland in the quad cities um it wasn't 
intimidated at all since mm-hmm. I've had that experience. So, so any any anyone out there that's looking to make a move to an upper division, if you're a Division Three SID, uh, looking to make that move, I mean, all I can say is just to network, get to know those people, volunteer. Um, if there are any NCAA events, um, men's basketball, women's basketball in your area. Uh, put your name in, find out who the, the host institution or conference is for that site, uh, and let them know you'd like to be a volunteer uh, for the media coordination or media relations staff. And uh, that's just a good way to, to kind of see what it's like to, to work at this level. You're also, you also kind of coordinate the NBC's internship program. Did you ever expect to do that? I, I did a little bit. Um, we would have a summer intern with the, with the Heartland. When I moved to St. Louis, so I mean, it, I didn't have as much experience with that because they just kind of be in the office and, and the commissioner would kind of to manage him. And essentially, we was an assistant to the commissioner and kind of office duties for him. But when I was in the office, there were a couple that I had that I was able to work alongside and hands on and so forth. So I was able to, to kind of learn how to manage an, an intern at that point. Here at the Valley, it's kind of evolved a little bit. We have we had an intern this past year, Ivy Reynolds, in her second year, who was fantastic. Um, she's a ball, volleyball player at Lindenwood here in St. Louis, and uh, she's been she's been great to work with. So she would come in a, a day a week and and help out a lot with our scholar athlete of the week and uh, handle swimming and diving and track and field for us. And then she's moving on now. She's graduating. Uh, We hired a new position, a fellow uh, who's now probably going to become a full-time position, Kate Delaney. Uh, She was, she has division three experience um, from the college of Brockport up in New York. Um, So she's kind of doing all kinds of stuff here at the Valley. She's now going to handle a lot of the, the PR for uh, those sports that our intern previously had. So she'll be kind of taking over a lot of those intern duties. So I probably won't be managing interns as much as I was. Um, so it's, it's already evolved in the one year I've been here. <laughs> but Kate's fantastic and uh, she does a great job as well. So um, I, I know you kind of do some stuff with the Valley on ESPN3. Do you uh, have it? I know you have a little bit of a background in doing some play-by-play stuff. Do you, you know, assist in the, I guess, education, if you will, of these on-air personalities? Yeah, that's probably one of uh, my favorite parts of the job now is uh, working for our, working to help educate our on-air talent. Uh, we have the partnership with the Valley on ESPN3, which is fantastic. We, I think, did over 700 live broadcast across all of our campuses this year uh, for men's and women's basketball we'll have one game a week uh, Friday nights our women's Valley on ESPN three game um, and then on the men's side we have uh, TV agreements with ESPN2 ESPNU uh, CBS Sports Network and then as well with uh, Fox Sports and I think it's Fox Sports Midwest we have Comcast Chicago uh, Fox Sports Indiana um, so we have uh, all, all kinds of opportunity to to assist in those broadcasts. So there's a lot of chances that I get to get to our campus. I get to work the broadcasts. I get to work talent stats or official stats with the TV broadcasts. We also have the opportunity to be a timeout coordinator if we if we wish. But I try to stick to the uh, the statistical part uh, and assist the talent, pass notes to them, stuff to get on the air, help tell our message, and uh, just make sure that the things that we would like spread on air VR talent is done. So, but that's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, uh, doing that and, uh, 
look forward to doing that again this year. So yeah, I know you, you say you did play by play for IU. What was uh, one of your favorite games that you got to call? My first play by play game was a road game is at Northwestern. So uh, me and two of my buddies drove up to Welsh Ryan Arena, uh, did the game. Got to meet Don Fisher, which was really cool for me. Uh, one of the, the legends of IU basketball and football, the voice of the Hoosiers. So it was great meeting him and talking to him before the game. So I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was it was a really, really cool experience uh, traveling. I also did a game at Ohio State. I did a home game against Michigan. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of memories of that. And it's, it's pretty cool to, to look back on. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about this later. But what is your uh, on-air horror story? games though was uh <laughs> that northwestern game they had a bunch of croatian players and uh, uh, european players so the pronunciations were brutal so being your first <laughs> first game you're looking down this and uh, you're like oh my goodness how do you even say half these names so without the experience and knowing uh, how important prep really is yeah because um, going into that you just kind of feel like oh it's kind of show up and call a game <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah, that was probably one of the things because you just you just don't realize it when you when you're especially at the student level and student radio, you're just kind of like, oh, I'll take the equipment up there and we'll call a basketball game. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you get up there and you look at it. I probably hadn't even looked at the Northwestern roster yet. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, my partner and I, he, I, I, I don't know how he gets names out of some of these. Like my name would be David on his paper and i would emphasize prep prep excuse me yeah. work to him and um he my name would be david and somehow it it would end up to be darren by the end of the broadcast and i'm like you would die during hockey dude like yeah. there's just so many things but um you do some work with cosida as far as the community is concerned uh how about you go ahead and highlight some of those things yeah, I've, uh, I'm the one of the vice chairs for the COSIDA Goodwill and Wellness Committee. I, I chair our community service event every year at the convention. Uh, this was my second year in that role. Uh, last year in Dallas, um, planned an event with Keeper of the Game, which was a fantastic organization down in the Dallas area that that helps kids with special needs um, experience the game of baseball. We did a baseball skills camp with them, took them to the first Frisco Rough Riders game. Uh, we were able to raise uh, just over $9,000 via our 5K and uh, the Young Cosida Charity Social, uh, which was fantastic. This year, down in Orlando, we did a shoe distribution with Samaritan's Feet um, at Frontline Outreach, which was a really cool spot. Um, it was a spot, Inner City Orlando, that uh, provides athletic opportunities for kids of all ages. They have a swimming pool. They teach them soccer, uh, a basketball court. So we did a basketball skills camp uh, alongside the shoe distribution, and we were able to to get kids to I think 200 different kids new shoes and uh, play basketball with them, with, which was fantastic. And uh, we were able to raise this year $9,200 um, for the charity for Samaritan's Feet and Frontline Outreach through the 5K and Charity Social. So um, every year uh, it's grown. Every year we've surpassed the previous year in money raised. Uh, I believe this is the eighth year that the committee's been um, in place. Sam Atkinson, um, which is a great, who's a great SID, uh, founded the organization with Ryan Klinkner and uh, 
uh, we've taken it and ran with it. They're still involved with the committee. Uh, Chris Mitchell is the chair of the committee uh, at WashU here in St. Louis, um, and he does a fantastic job. Jeremy Rosenthal at IU, um, he chairs the 5K, and he's been able to grow that every year with, I think, near 250 runners this year in Orlando. We had a timing system, and he's just really made it a first-class event. Um, so we're looking forward to doing that again next year in D.C. and and seeing what kind of numbers we can put up there just to continue the, the growth of of that committee and uh, the organization. So how can people get involved in it? Well, right now our committee is filled. I believe we have 20 committee members. Um, but if you are a convention, um, make sure you sign up for the 5k. Even if you don't run, um, sign up. I mean, you can walk, um, run, uh, throughout the year. We are looking to, to do some sort of thing. I know, um, there's been talk of maybe doing something through RunKeeper just to kind of inspire SIDs throughout the year uh, to track their running, track uh, their weight loss, uh, track their fitness. Um, just ways that we can kind of get people excited about working out and that work-life balance It's hard to do as an SID. Um, so those are things that we are looking to do this coming year. We also do the Volunteer 15 program. Uh, so SIDs are encouraged to volunteer at least 15 hours uh, during the, the academic year in their communities. Log those hours this year. Uh, Megan Harden at Southwestern Texas, she's, she's chaired that portion of, of our committee, and I think we had over 5,000 hours um, from SIDs volunteered. So, I mean, that was fantastic to see, too. So that's, those are just some ways that even if you aren't on the committee, just to kind of get involved with with uh with our efforts did you uh did you run in the 5k i did uh i have two kids now so i don't get to run as much oh, as yeah. i used to i mean i think my best time is like 20 38 or something like that for a 5k this year i didn't do any training and i finished i think 2501 or something like that um, so I was struggling. I had to walk for about 15 seconds, but <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, I, I, I made it. <laughs> yeah. I got up at 5am to kind of get ready for it. And I, and I looked at my phone and it said 74 degrees and I'm like, Oh, that's okay. I can do this. That's, you know, afternoon in Indiana, usually yeah. when I run and then I look at the humidity and it's a hundred percent. And I'm like, oh, well, this yeah. this might not be great. So um, Yeah, it was heavy breathing and very thick breathing, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So now we got to get into the part where we kind of talked off air about it. Um, there were some changes that were made in the Missouri Valley. Uh, Wichita State announced that they were departing. What? How was that communicated in your department? And basically what was going on at that time when Wichita State decided to leave in the conference office? Well, we kind of had a little bit of an idea that it was a possibility. Uh, so we were kind of slightly prepared for it. And then when we heard word that they were officially, that the American had accepted them as uh, a member for the 17-18 year, our office then formed a committee with members of everybody, uh, or at least a member of everybody, um, of our nine remaining institutions. Um, and they formed that committee to explore potential institutions, visit those institutions. And uh, within a month, uh, Valpo was our new member. So it's just, it was crazy to see how quickly things move 
um, at this level. Um, just kind of going back to the division three, division one difference. Um, cause if <laughs> we would have lost a member in the heartland, if we wouldn't have had a replacement within a month, ready to compete, ready to schedule. Greg Walter handles all of our scheduling and he's fantastic and was able to get all the schedules redone for all of our sports and <laughs> essentially no time. So we're, uh, all set to go with Valpo and they officially started, um, on July one, just a few days ago. So glad to have them and another basketball institution with history. That's uh, going to add to our profile, I believe. And it, uh, will be fun to, to watch them become a member. Were there, uh, any annoying phone calls that you got potentially that, uh, wanted to know more and more information? Oh yeah. And every time they, they would just t- kind of tell me like, Hey, get calls to say, Oh, we don't have any comment at this time. Or <laughs> just those vague things like, uh, uh, or if it was a voicemail, just ignore it. Um, so, um, kind of learning that because I mean, <laughs> at the division three level, any call you get, you're excited about. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough. Like all right, emails, calls, a lot of times I just forward them to our commissioner, Doug Elgin, and uh, he, if he wanted to, to answer or, or uh, supply a response, he would. Um, so that's kind of essentially how Mike and I handled it um, with our media relations aspect. So now that Valpo is in, is, are there any sort of new strategies? I know that they've uh, kind of released a new hashtag, I believe. I, I can't quite remember what it is, but is there anything special you guys have planned? We had the Valpo in the Valley. That's it, uh, yeah. Yeah, Valpo in the Valley hashtag. I know they're doing some stuff this week uh, with some different giveaways on their on their account. Um, we're, actually, Derek is uh, the mastermind behind the uh, MVC Mascot Madness, which is coming up next week, which is a fantastic social media promotion that he came up with probably about four or five years ago. And then when I was at the Heartland, I saw it and copied it with the Heartland, and it was probably <laughs> one of the – most successful social media things that we ever did in the heartland. Um, I mean, we would get the university accounts behind it and being in July when there's not a lot of athletic content going uh-huh. on, it was just a great way to get fan bases excited about things. Um, so that starts next week. It's a bracket format where each mascot's paired and seated and fans can vote on our Facebook page and the winner advances on. So it's just one of those fun things that, that he came up with the, to engage fans so excited about that next week what, what are the objectives behind some of those mascot madness things it just is it just to increase engagement or following or, or what's the idea yeah um when i saw that he did it um my idea was just to create a little bit of school spirit uh across the conference uh, a little school pride um get everybody i mean even if you're not an athlete if you're just an alum uh just a way to to show pride in your school, uh, tweet with the hashtags that we had. Um, I can't remember what it was a couple of years ago with the Heartland. I wasn't able to do it last summer because uh, I was in transition here. Um, but just the the amount of engagement we got from that was the most of anything that we ever did, um, and it was pretty incredible to see. Just something as as funny and silly as mascots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how excited people really get. Uh, to help their school advance a lot. Are there any other initiatives or any ideas that you guys have come up with to kind of increase that engagement in the future? Um, Derek is our, our mastermind there. Oh, okay. uh, so you may have to ask him there what he has in store. <laughs> <laughs> 
as far as right now, yeah, it's just, uh, as far as I know, it's just the mascot madness here next week. So uh, transitioning to the part of the interview where um, I like to ask some fun questions. How about your uh, favorite memory from your professional tenure? And it could either be with the MVC or be with the HCAC. I mean, it's, it's or both. It could be really up to you. Favorite moment? Uh, probably when I was a volunteer and worked the NCAA Final Four in Indianapolis years back. That was when Duke beat Wisconsin. So got the experience of working on the media relations um, team there in Indianapolis under Bill Potter, who was with the Horizon, who's now with the uh, Horizon, or he was with the Horizon, he's now with the American, and John Dedman, who is the head of the Indiana Sports Corporation, who's now the SID at Butler. Um, so working alongside those guys, uh, being involved with, I was on the quotes team for that. So be grabbing quotes in the locker room after a game, transcribing those for the media room and such. Um, it was just a valuable experience just to, to, to be involved with an event of that caliber. Uh, so it was just one of those things that I always remember and never forget. How could uh, younger professionals get involved in, in something like that? Um, I'm, like I, I believe I mentioned earlier in the interview here, it's just if you have an NCAA event, first and second round, a regional start there um, to get on the Final Four team, I think you're going to need some experience working those first and second rounds and regionals. Prior to doing that, I worked two regionals in India. I worked a first and second round uh, here in St. Louis. Um, so, I mean, I had three years of working those types of events under my belt before working the final four, uh, but just volunteer, get your name out there and just experience those types of things. Um, I mean, you don't get paid to do it, but it's very valuable. Um, I mean, I, I would like to think that it definitely helps with me getting the job here at the Valley. So definitely get out there, find out who those host contacts are, send them an email earlier, the better just be like, Hey, would like my name to be considered here's my experience this is where i currently work or this is where i have worked and get out there and do it so we talked about your uh, favorite memory how about i know you kind of did your on-air nightmare but what about uh, your horror story uh in the conference office <laughs> oh goodness i would probably say thinking back with my heart when just the first sid meeting i had to run <laughs> it was like right <laughs> Right after I started, didn't really know all the people, didn't really know all what I would need to, to get in place for that first meeting. I would kind of felt like I was probably a little under underprepared for it. Um, I, that's probably what I would say. Um, so, good learning experience. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, ever receive any sort of like stigma for for just being a guy that the commissioner called up and you did you know one summer of internship when you're at the Heartland? anyone really knew that was the case <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know what his search was like to be honest because i i got that call i mean i was let's see how old was i at the time probably 23 i didn't have any experience and i mean i owe him a lot um i mean tom passed away i believe about six or seven years ago um but just giving me that chance of believing in me and uh, thinking that I could do the job because clearly I, I wasn't ready <laughs> at that time. Um, so I am forever grateful that I was given that opportunity because I wouldn't be here today without it. Who knows, I may still be making $7 an hour working uh, radio. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
how about being a great like him? Uh, when you see other SIDs, maybe conference commissioners, you know, it, within your division, uh, conference maybe, heck, even the country, um, and you look at them and you say that is a great administrator, or a great SID. Um, what are some things that they do or some characteristics that they have that make you say that? say attention to detail like someone like kevin linky rose home and i feel like he has the answer to everything <laughs> <laughs> so it's like he's always the type of person i could just oh i'm having a statue issue oh i'm having uh in design question i'm having whatever it may be um that i could just feel like i could call him up and he'd be able to either have the answer or be able to point me uh, to the best contact to provide me that answer. So he was, he was always fantastic, very organized. Uh, whenever Rose Holman would host an event for us, I mean, I knew it would be ran in a first class way that would mirror an NCA event that no detail would be overlooked, that everything would be done the right way in the way that we'd want it done. So just off the top of my head, I think that's what I kind of come up with. One thing you're interested to learn more about in this profession? Oh, goodness. Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be a lot of people's uh, answers. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I don't have to do as much as that now because the great Derek Dockett here at the Valley handles a lot of our graphic content. Um, and InDesign, just different things I could do with InDesign um, for, for media guides and such. Uh, since that's just a bigger role of mine current job so just that's probably what i'd probably what i'd say okay all right uh, i'm just curious what's one thing that you had at the hcac that you don't have at the mvc that that <laughs> that yeah that you're like oh man i wish i had that one thing oh goodness it's a tough question i mean i guess i yeah i mean i guess like i had i had the keys to everything at the heartland because chris let me do my do my thing and mm -hmm. um i if I had an idea of social media, I could do it. If I had an idea with the website or the design, I could do it. So I would guess that freedom of being able to, to handle all aspects of the conference. Do you pay attention much on Twitter to some digital media teams? No, I don't have as much time as I used to. Uh -huh. um, since I don't have to worry about a lot of it. And now, I mean, my, my son's five and my daughter's two and, I get home in the evenings, I go to bed around 7.30 or 8. So I have a good two and a half, three hour window to try to spend as much time as I can with them. And then I'm in bed by 9.30 now. I feel like I'm becoming an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about the same way. I just can't, I, I'm 22. I just can't do it anymore. It, it's just like, I can't go out like I used to be able to. And it gets to be like 10 o'clock and I'm spent. I just yeah. want to go to bed. That, that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the kids are up about 6, 6.30 every day. So. Oh, great. That, that's yeah. a, that makes a lot of fun. But um, you kind of had some uh, advice earlier in this uh, episode, but I want to know, like, officially, what, what is some advice you give to a student going into this profession? Definitely just network as much as you can. Get, get your name out there. Meet people. Um, Coastside is very important to do that. Um, that's where I've formed many of my connections. I don't think it without attending the convention every year. I've been every year since I've started. And that was something that I'm grateful for the Heartland for sending me every year. Just I've met so many people um, each year at convention, uh, just those relationships that you form. I actually met Mike Kern, who's 
the, the head of our media relations department here at the Valley. I met him at a Cosida three or four years ago, and that's kind of how I got to know him a little bit. Um, just we were in the exhibit hall. I met him at the stat crew booth um, talking to Kelby Seiler. So got his card. And I was able to reach out uh, just uh, to volunteer with Arch Madness and those NCAA events that the Valley hosted here in St. Louis. So, I mean, without that connection, I don't think I would have been hired. Um, I, I mean, I believe that my experience helped a bunch, but that definitely didn't hurt um, having that previous relationship and knowing me somewhat. I mean, if I was just a stranger and a stack of resumes, who knows? Um, so... That's that's the biggest piece of advice I would give anybody that's just starting. Just get out there, meet people, interact with people. Uh, the more people <laughs> like you, the yeah. better your chances are going to be. Uh, <laughs> make, uh, he's, he's a good guy, or she's pretty cool. You know, like uh, I think she did a good job. You should give her a chance. Then, it, then you kind of have that kind of deal, and that's that's not your name on a resume and a stack of of a hundred resumes uh, trying to get noticed. Um, so. That's probably my biggest piece of advice. How about a uh, work-life balance? What do you do to have fun? Oh goodness, I try to run as much as I can, not as much as I used to. Um, I tend to run after the kids go to bed. I uh, just get a good half-hour run in. Uh, try to watch the Cardinals. Uh, kind of painful to watch this season. <laughs> um, basketball season. Still love my IU basketball, so I try to watch as many games as I can. Uh, it's harder now, uh, working all the Valley men's games and women's games. So a lot of my nights and weekends, I'm on the road traveling to, to various games in the Valley. So it's kind of hard to see every single IU game, but I try to travel with my family. Went to, went to Wilmington, Wrightsville beach, uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, for a week and, uh, try to travel as much as I can, uh, when available. So when it comes to IU basketball, how do you feel about Archie Miller? I, I like the hire, so <laughs> get out there on the recruiting trail and bring in some Hoosiers. So, <laughs> yep, need something yep. to kind of spark it to yep. come back. But uh, next time someone's in the St. Louis area uh, and they are looking to you know, go out to eat, I mean, obviously people literally have to eat to live. But um, yeah. if they have to find a restaurant or there's a specific bar, what's your recommendation? Oh, I have all kinds of good stuff. Uh, <laughs> where to start? What? kind of food do you want uh, <laughs> barbecue we've got salt and smoke in Delmar Loops fantastic uh, Pappy Smokehouse is a great lunch spot another great barbecue joint um, goodness trying to think of pizza wise Dewey's Pizza is fantastic PW Pizza a good spot downtown um, sauce on the sides a great calzone place downtown it's really good. Um, Bar-wise, let's see, 360 is really cool. It's at the Hilton at the ballpark, rooftop bar overlooking Bush Stadium, great mm. pregame spot, place to, to grab a drink before a Cardinal game. Uh, let's see, Kirkwood, I live in Kirkwood. We like to uh, go to Five Star Burgers. They have a great happy hour there with the food that our kids like so <laughs> four hands four hands brewery good stuff too so i can keep going i'll shut up <laughs> if someone wanted to get in touch with you you know any questions or if maybe they even wanted to network with you uh what would be the best way to do it uh you can email me davis d-a-v-i-s at mvc.org 
uh, or you can reach out to me on Twitter. It's at R-Y-T as in Tom Davis 24 is my Twitter handle. So those are probably the two easiest ways uh, to get a hold of me. That was it, Ryan. Thank you for coming on. It wasn't too bad, was it? No, it wasn't too bad. Okay, cool. As long as it's not too bad. That's fine with me. <laughs> it's painful to hear that. I'm just kidding. It's totally fine. So uh, thank you all for listening. That was episode 30 with Ryan Davis of the Missouri Valley Conference. This is my spiel at the end, and I know I kind of have to signal it. And this is probably the time when everybody tunes out now that I'm thinking about it. The new uh, iOS update's going to show me like what time you guys stop tuning out on me. And I'm willing to bet this is about the time. So I should probably stop signaling for it just as I'm thinking out loud here. So um, thank you all for downloading, subscribing. Rating reviewing is really important. Excited to announce. I know we just announced this with Kyle Wright's episode that we do have an average rating of five stars. There's going to be somebody out there, Ryan, that is going to give me a four just to ruin that five. And he's just going to do it just for the sake of giving me a four. And then it's just going to leave a review that says, hi, David. And then that's just going to be it. And it, it's kind of bother, bother me, but it, it, no, it's completely fine. And as always, you guys can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook using backslash sports infocast because SID cast has already taken. We are still on our summer campaign all the way up to 500 followers on both Twitter and Facebook. So when you hear these episodes, go ahead and uh, just give us a like uh, or a share. Uh, or just share it with your, some of your other colleagues and friends. And if they get something out of this, then um, definitely share it with them because I think that this should be a great resource that SIDs and athletic communicators alike can all, can all agree upon. So um, thank you all for listening. We hope to catch you all in the next episode.